spent too much time in California. Now I got that Rona. Gotta be a loner. Staring at my phone. Gotta be a loner. Gotta be a loner. All right. Hi. It's me, Judy. It's uh, Tuesday, March 24th. It's about uh, 10 p.m. I finally finished watching Tiger King on Netflix, so now I have the time to make a podcast, you know. Uh, priorities here when you're under quarantine. Um, this one's just me. I've been having some excellent conversations with people that hopefully maybe some of you listen to. If you're listening to this, you may have with, with some friends and um, and people who are and people who are kind enough to share their unique stories during this unique time that is uh, hopefully uh, bringing us together and making us a little more connected, which is my hope. And also I'm doing this podcast to, um, it's a little bit, you know, self-serving because I don't have a lot to do. And this project has uh, taken up some of my time, which has been nice. And it's been uh, a passion project. I've really enjoyed kind of getting uh, deep into the research and um, people are sending me articles every day and people are sending me information and it's been interesting to figure out what's real, what's not, what's good, what's bad, what what is logical, what makes sense, uh, what's, what's new, what's old, um, what disproves something that seemed to be an existing truth and now is not. You know, there's a lot of there's a whole lot of information coming out in a real, real short amount of time. And it's unlike anything I've ever seen. This whole thing is unlike anything I've ever seen and probably will ever see. So um, I'm happy to at least be here doing something to try and document this time because it feels like it's going to go on forever, but it's not. And eventually it's going to be a thing of the past, even though our lives will probably be a little bit different no matter what uh, coming out of this. But um we're going we're gonna to forget what this was like eventually, this really weird time where we're just stuck at home, maybe alone, maybe with one or two other people, maybe with our kids, maybe with our parents. It's a weird time, and we're going to look back on it and think some things, but we're never going to be able to fully capture it. So I'm, I'm trying to do my part. And like I said, it's also self-serving because I'm going to forget. Anyway, that does it for this week's podcast this week i do like 17 a week this week's podcast is the the most untrue thing i've ever said on here anyway i seem to be rambling that's good that's a good sign it seems like things are working wheels are turning gears are gearing what anyway what i want to talk about is the the biggest source of pushback the biggest angle of argument that i have seen against the approach that this country and most of the world has taken in this self-quarantine or this quarantine or shelter-in-place approach is, and I think even the president, Mr. Donald J., whatever his name is, Trump, said uh, that, be, why would we make the cure worse than the cause? And he's saying what a lot of other people are saying is why, why is our reaction to this disease worse than the, the disease itself? And well, first of all, it's not at all, but it feels like it is to many people who are not directly affected by this disease. A lot of people are out of work. 
We know that. And people are suffering economically. People are going to run out of money. And if the government doesn't step in with a stimulus package or something to that effect, rent freezes, mortgage payment freezes, whatever you call that, uh, things economically are going to be crazy. So a lot of people are saying, how long can we do this? You know, let's get back to work. This virus is not as bad as we thought it was going to be. Uh, look, I'm still alive. All my friends are still alive. All my, my parents are still alive. Nobody's even sick. Like, why are we doing this? And it's a fair, it's a fair question to ask because, you know, we don't, we've never done this before. We don't do this with every, we don't do this with the flu and people do die from the flu every year, but this is not the flu and we can't compare it to that. And unfortunately, if we don't, we don't fight this virus now with an extreme approach, there's nothing to fight later. We're going to lose millions, probably 2 million Americans, you know, that it's going to be a different place. Why are we going to prioritize the economy of a place that is willing to effectively sacrifice 2 million people in its population who, who compose that economy, who make up that economy, who contribute to that economy. It doesn't make sense to me. The priority has to be dealing with the virus now and working together as we're working together now to rebuild the economy, to rebuild businesses, to figure out how to dig ourselves out of this hole that we are digging ourselves. But if we didn't dig this hole now, there'd be nobody to dig. I'm going to continue this metaphor as long as I can. There's, there's nobody, there's no shovels left, right? Half a percent of our population is dead from a preventable, they've, they've died preventable deaths. And really, is that okay? I don't, I don't think that's ethical, right? So most of the world has been taking this this quarantine, self-quarantine, shelter-in-place approach. And notably, the UK did not take this approach. Um, they, if you've followed that story, they wanted to take the herd immunity approach. And the herd immunity approach, if you don't know what herd immunity is, herd immunity is basically a point that's different for every pathogen that's Trans- transmitted from person to person. And the point is dependent on the, the level of contagiousness of that particular pathogen. And it, it is a basically a, a, a percentage of the population that is immune that disables transmission, indefinite transmission of that pathogen. So right now, coronavirus carriers... Um, are believed to transmit the virus to three other people. So that's going to continue to grow exponentially unless something is done about it. Herd immunity is reached when average transmission from one person to another is less than one. So from what I've seen, that level is reached when I think 60% of the population for this particular virus Uh, is immune to it. And immunity comes from either vaccination, 
or from having built up the antibodies naturally by um, being infected with this virus and then clearing it. So the immune system, and I think I will probably get into this more on a different podcast that has to do with immunity, but um, the immune system, the first time it sees a new pathogen, a new antigen is what it's called, basically a, a, a foreign protein that enters the body. We don't have the infrastructure in place already to mount uh, a quick full attack. So basically the first time you see something, you have, I think, 24 hours to start to build the antibodies. But these viruses start to replicate much more quickly than 24 hours. So the virus is way out ahead when it's the first when when the body sees it for the first time. There are way more virus particles than there are going to be antibodies being produced and the, the immune system being able to recognize it and take care of it naturally. And once it's cleared that first time, eventually the immune system will catch up or, or it doesn't and that host dies. But most of the time with this virus, uh, eventually the, the immune system catches up and takes care of it or sometimes there's, there's medical treatment that comes along with it that helps it out. So basically your immune system is primed after that first time and then you can immediately mount a, a secondary response the, fir- the next time you encounter that same antigen, that same pathogen. So you're able to mount an immediate full-blown uh, response, immune response. And that's, why, that's basically what immunity is. And you have those antibodies and immunity lasts for a certain amount of time and we're not exactly sure how long immunity lasts for this particular coronavirus because other coronaviruses that cause colds, immunity is not permanent. Whereas um, some vaccines that you get as, as children, the, that immunity is thought to last uh, for your whole life. And some others you need boosters. And, you know, we're, we're kind of familiar with that. So what the UK did was they said, okay, this, the UK said, okay, this uh, virus is not going to kill everybody. We're just kind of going to let it do its thing. We're going to let it just move through our people. We'll keep our, our elderly out of the way. We'll keep them at home. Maybe some of our sick. We'll keep them at home. Everybody else go about your life. And eventually you're going to get this virus, whether you get sick or not. And then at some point, hopefully pretty soon, we'll reach herd immunity and it'll be done. And we can go back to life, to regular life. And so that was the approach that they took, despite the rest of the world not doing that. And pretty soon after that, some, some experts, some, some mathematicians, I believe, ran some numbers based on numbers from other countries and uh, soon realized that, well, they were going to have a problem very soon. And that problem was a lot of people were going to get very sick and their hospitals were going to be very full, and they were not going to be able to care for everybody that was about to get sick. So they walked that approach back really quickly upon receiving those numbers, and they are behind, but are locked down completely now. So to everybody 
pushing back against this approach saying like, we need to get back to work. I think that their frustration needs to be directed at the people that are not complying because we could be done with this a lot more quickly if everybody just got their shit together, got off the beach, got out of like, just go home. It's the easiest thing that you've ever been asked to do to save someone's life. Just go home and sleep or play video games or smoke weed, whatever the fuck you do at home. Nothing has ever been easier. No homework has ever been easier. Just go home and don't leave. Eat your pretzels. Eat your pretzel rods. You know, FaceTime your mom. Whatever. Just do it at home. The thing is, herd immunity will happen. We're going to get to that point in this country. There will come a point where this virus is just going to have nowhere to go because everybody's built up immunity. Or not everybody, but enough. Two-thirds of the people have built up immunity. I have it. Two people around me don't. I've got nobody to infect. That's just going to happen. The whole point is we need to slow the process down because there are a lot of younger people getting really sick. There are just a lot of people getting much sicker than we thought that they would. And we don't have the infrastructure ready to care for all these people. And by not slowing the transmission down, by not prolonging herd immunity, we're effectively killing people. And furthermore, I agree that we need to work. We need to get back to work. We need to get things going again. We need to get back to our lives and our jobs and our friends and all those things. They're super important. But everybody complaining about, you know, not being able to work, that's, that's sort of a privilege right now because you're going to be in a much worse situation if your little brother who had asthma as a kid or your diabetic aunt gets this disease and has to go to the hospital and pay tens of thousands of dollars for treatment you're going to be in a in a bigger economic hole than you know 2 months of living off savings or 2 months of borrowing money from your friend or whatever it is you have to do it's not going to be 40 40 grand of hospital bills so let's think about that you know like the fact that you aren't directly affected by this disease at this moment in time is such a privilege because you might be in a week, it could be somebody in your family that doesn't even know they have an underlying health condition or has something that was manageable a month ago, like diabetes. Diabetes is, is, is a, has for decades been a super manageable disease that you can live a, a normal, healthy life with. But guess what? It's, it's not that way again. Diabetes will again kill you now because of this pathogen going around. So note the privileges that we have and that you have. And while understanding that it sucks to not be able to work right now, and I'm one of these people who's out of work, I have no income right now. And I 
have to be okay with that because I know that by staying at home, I'm actually doing the right thing. And I know that we're going to come out of this okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm confident that my friends and my family are going to be okay. And we're, we'll work together to figure it out. Uh, I didn't plan on this podcast being so much of a rant. I had more evidence and more research back to back up what I wanted to say, but I think I think it's fine. The UK approach didn't work. It's not going to work now. The president came on today and said that he wants to have the country up and running again, normally by Easter. And I don't know when Easter is, but it's not that far away. And it's not possible. And everybody that thinks that yeah, we're going to be back to work by April. You're you're really putting everybody at risk and you're putting the economy at more of a risk and your own pockets at more of a risk by doing that and by expecting to be back to work by then. Okay? So take this time to to do whatever it is that you have been wanting that extra time to do. Like my friend Julia said on the the last episode, you know, spend your time, spend quality time with your family, whoever you're cooped up with. Get to know them a little bit better. Learn something new about that person that you didn't know. Learn something new about yourself. You know, I spend most of my days avoiding my thoughts too. So just get in there and be okay with it. And I think we're all going to come out of this hopefully more insightful, better, better humans that are able to work together in a novel way. And for all you vegans, while I'm at this rant, for all the vegans that I see online having a field day, and granted, field day is a fun day in high school. It's one of them with a parachute and you go in it. I agree that it's fun and I'm jealous. But all the vegans that are saying, this is what happens when you eat animals and and that. And you know, I, I was vegan once. I I do get it. I think there's a strong moral argument there. And I do see the argument against wet markets in China, against factory farming, against unethical treatment of other organisms. But I think nature is going to win this one. You know, we already see, we already see so many things resetting that haven't been able to reset. We see dolphins in the Venice canals, we see just things starting to happen in nature that, you know, waterways being cleaned and animals coming back to places that they haven't been. I mean, humans are the virus. We knew that all along. This is getting a little wacky, but it's true. So let's recognize that there are good things that are going to come out of this. Okay, so just, just sit on your ass, go read a book, or, or look at a, a microwave, or, you know, or, or, I don't know, just, like, poke your cat in the belly and get a scratch. Watch Tiger King on Netflix if you want to be jacked off by entertainment. That about does it. Thanks for listening. Spent too much time in California. Now I'm in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania.